Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Discuss All Monsters, and we're here to talk about Latitude Zero, more like Latitude 10 out of 10. (laughs) My name is Wyatt Phillips, I'm your host of course, and who is here with me today? Uh, Nikki, uh, as always, Uh, but we actually have a guest with us as well. Ooh, who is the guest? Hello! Uh, <laughs> it's always weird to hey. introduce yourself on the show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I am uh, Twitter's own Manovsky article, uh, also known as Casey. Nice. All right. Well, we're glad to have you here. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself so that the people that might not know who you are could kind of get a better picture where uh, you fit in? I-, I post about things I like on the internet, and sometimes people enjoy that. Hey, that's what we're all doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I sure did. So, so I sent the DM, and uh, and we got this, we got this guest spot cooking. So, uh, uh yeah, this is actually yeah. the first kaiju-related podcast I believe I've ever done. Oh wow, that's crazy, awesome! Um, so I, I was really happy to get that invite. I'll say that uh, I I checked earlier today, and I actually don't follow you on Twitter, and I thought I did, but I guess. Everybody else that I follow follows you, so I just see all of your tweets. Anyway, but I'll I'll follow you after the podcast is done. Don't worry. I am I am really sorry if like my ubiquity and other people's feed. I, I have no idea where these things go after I send them out into the void. <laughs> I understand, but uh, you said before that you know you. You haven't really done too many podcasts about uh, Tokusatsu or about kaiju films. Um, what is your history with Toho, Godzilla in general, and, and maybe just like Tokusatsu in general? Uh, well, you know, I, I am a uh, I am a big fan of Godzilla, of course. Uh, I'm a more oh, yeah. recent fan of Ultraman, Ooh, uh, right? And uh, you know, that, of course, that is leading into other areas. But of course, I, I really do love classic Toho films, both both kaiju and uh, you know, just more you know, like like you know, Kurosawa and. You know, every, everybody else under that banner. Um, but for, you know, for Godzilla-related films in particular, since this is a Ishiro Honda film we're talking about today, of course. Uh, I, you know, I can track most of my Godzilla fandom to a to the week I had chicken pox in elementary school, uh, because mm. that, that was the week that TNT's Monster Vision did a TV Godzilla marathon uh, that I was able to tape on VHS and watch over and over again. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Oh man, chicken pox is the worst. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's bad, but you have like you have like two interrupted uninterrupted weeks to like play video games and yeah. read books and, and watch uh Monster Vision Godzilla marathons <laughs> until three in the morning. So yeah. Yeah, it's it was a very formative time for me. Uh, so yeah, yeah that, that's I, very nice. I, I had a recent version of that uh where there was a I had a fever at one point, like a couple months ago, and immediately the place where I worked at, uh, you know, was very sensitive to a certain public health crisis that <laughs> may or may not still be going around at the time that this podcast comes out. Uh, so, 
I, I was like forced to stay home for an entire week, even though like it turned out I tested negative. But just because of the the fever, they're like, no, 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 you stay home for an entire week. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm not complaining about this because you're paying me. Well, exactly. We, we we are all in a ten month version at this point, or <laughs> I don't know, however however many months it's been. I've lost all track of time. Yeah, um, well, but yeah, yeah. We, we are all in that chicken pox week forever right now. So, <laughs> so watch. So stay home with Ultraman. Watch Godzilla. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so you said you're a more recent fan of Ultraman. Was it the uh, the recent releases of the Mill Creek? blu-ray sets that kind of got you into it or was it a little bit before that well i mean it, it's always been a thing i've been interested in like i i remember buying some of the toys from that failed uh u.s tv show right uh, which right. i never saw the show but you you can buy like a cool praying mantis monster and a, and a mm-hmm. you know and a dragon with skin flap wings and like of course you're gonna go do that why wouldn't you um but so i always wanted to watch ultraman but yeah because of the mill the accessibility of mill creek like and how cheap those DVDs are. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I got into Ultra Q and I adored Ultra Q because that's it's great. Like, it's, it's just Rod Serling's Twilight Zone where a giant monster shows up every week. And you know, <laughs> what could be better than that? Uh, uh, I transitioned into Ultraman and Ultra 7 and now I want to watch the rest. Oh man, a Return of Ultraman is really good. Like, uh, uh, I, w- I would say the, the main character of Return of Ultraman might be my favorite protagonist in in any of those shows actually so uh you're in for a treat once you get to that one i would say fantastic well i i look forward to that i just picked that one up for ten dollars today yeah yeah. (laughs) um and i'm also a huge gamera fan oh Oh, man yeah i'm i'm glad you are maybe we are going to do at some point we will handle uh between the showa era and the heisei era of godzilla we want to do a mini series going through all the Gamera stuff. So as many Gamera fans as we can find, that's good. So maybe you'll be a return guest. Who knows? Well, I mean, when when Nikki first proposed this show, I had said like, well, you know, I could probably do I could probably do Gamera or like yeah. you know, something related to that. So yeah, no. Yeah. I, yeah, I was just like, I was just like, we have a we have a diabolical plan for Gamera, so so uh, I'll, I'll keep that <laughs> noted. But yeah, but yeah no, uh, but but this was a movie that came up, uh, and if you all had not suggested I watch this, I might have never known this existed. Yeah, so. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this this is one of the weirder movies, and it's and it's weird that it's like so obscure for the reasons that we kind of hinted at uh, earlier. But you know th- this. This movie, the movie we're talking about, Latitude to Zero, uh, it's another one by the, it's by the A team, unlike the last one, which was the B team, uh, which was Son of Godzilla. So we're back on the A team. Uh, I don't have any personal history at all with this movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to assume Nikki doesn't have any, so I don't think that oh, we need no. to. Yeah. I don't think we need to to labor too much on that. Yeah, I saw it for the first time today. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The uh, the only thing I knew about this movie beforehand, and kind of the reason, because I also had to like, I I, I, had to, I had to approach Wyatt and be like, we should do this as well. And so because I saw a picture of the monster that we, that we'll be talking about that appears in this film <laughs> later, uh, and I saw a picture, I was like, what is that? We have to watch that for the show. <laughs> So I've I've kind of kept this movie in my mind for a bit there, but but other than that, yeah, I don't I have I have no idea what this movie is before watching it. <laughs> yeah, and I I 
I kind of started watching it. Uh, I guess like we can kind of get into our general thoughts uh, right. on the movie before we, we go into talking about some of the history and then talking about the movie uh, like more broadly. But yeah, what what are your general first impressions of the movie, Nikki? Um, this is uh, a pretty interesting sci-fi film. And then it just completely lets its freak flag fly after like yeah. like the third act in this movie is revelation like, like it, it, it is <laughs> i me and my brother sometimes will sit in on my watches of these movies and we were like yelling throughout yeah. the last like 40 minutes of this movie this movie like it is so good i i loved this thing <laughs> But so, so that's my yeah. general thought. <laughs> and what about you, Casey? I, I completely agree. Like the the first thirty minutes, I'm like, okay, this is a pretty standard, you know, like Jules Verne kind yeah. of sci-fi story, and uh, and and yeah, and then it just descends into lunacy when they when they <laughs> let uh, Caesar Romero leave no part of the scenery unchewed. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah, it, it's it, once it becomes the once it like transitions in that third act into the kaiju spectacle and the the mad science uh 60s cheese that you're really coming for like it it delivers oh, oh man yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it delivers hard <laughs> not, not not to give away too much uh but yeah th- this is the kind of movie that i want to watch forever like this is the only movie i ever want to watch for the rest of my life like this not this specific movie but this type of movie like where it just goes absolutely batshit insane this is the best kind of like mst3k movie because you know sometimes there's a bad movie that's bolstered by their commentary and this i could see is like a movie that's like so crazy that it kind of speaks for itself uh and it's beautiful i love I love how ridiculous, <laughs> and, and you're right. It starts as like, yeah, this is a pretty cool, compelling sci-fi movie, a classic, very classic science fiction uh, movie. And then, and that makes sense given its history. Uh, but then the Toho touch comes in and it goes sicko mode. So <laughs> yeah, it's, well. it's, it's really shot like the first third of the movie is shot so much like some old star trek episode where it's just Mm -hmm. like people like people hanging out on different like cockpit sets yeah Yeah. it's 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 very yeah it's very like i don't know it's so much more subdued and so much (laughs) more like maturely written i guess i'll say uh compared to a, a lot of especially the previous movie that we watched son of godzilla even though i think that weirdly enough Son of Godzilla has a better plot, or at least a more like full structured plot than Latitude mm-hmm. Zero, because Latitude Zero has like a plot, but it's pretty thin, and you know it kind of fizzles and descends into madness by the end, and then has like a a, a, a twist kind of Twilight Zoney ending to it. Um, but you know, why don't we get right into the history and, and trivia? There's actually not too much specific stuff i could find shockingly or i guess maybe not shockingly about this movie but just going over the the kind of stuff that we can glean from the cast list Mm -hmm. uh 
Here we go. The A-team of Ishiro Honda and Akira Ifukube are back, and it's with this weirdo fucked up movie, Latitude Zero. It's like we're in the late 50s again. And like some of the other earlier movies, this one is also based on some sort of prior fiction. By that I mean there was supposedly a Latitude Zero radio play in the 40s that maybe was sort of the basis for this movie, kind of. No really... That's yeah. probably where all the subdued stuff at the beginning comes from. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like when I read that, it kind of clicked, and and then when you brought up Jules Verne, I was like, yeah, it's this is definitely like a retro sci-fi thing. It was a radio play, uh, you know, World War II era kind of thing. So it, it makes sense that there's like so much conflict about, you know, uh, there's a lot of laboring about the fact that the area latitude zero is like this utopia where. There's no war. There's no like racism or, or xenophobia or anything like that. Everybody's there's no kind of politics, as they say. Yeah. <laughs> we have absconded with politics in the name of science and reason. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, I, I really laughed at that like hard and so, like like that uh, uh, that moment in the movie. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, this thing. <laughs> <laughs> the film was initially being filmed. Uh, maybe should have rewrote that <laughs> and produced in America, thus the focus on English actors and voiceover until producer Don Sharp was nearly bankrupted by the whole thing. This led to them having to outsource production to Toho. And that's when Honda and the boys stepped in screenplay by Shinichi Sekizawa effects by Eiji Tsuburaya. And of course, Haro Nakajima playing the uh, eclectic crew of monsters that appear in the movie. Other Toho staples like Akira Takarada and Akihiko Hirata return for the 1,000th time, but probably more notably than them is Cesar Romero, a.k.a. The Joker, playing a role as the main villain, Dr. Malik. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess it must be because the film was originally being produced out of America, but to me it seems like insane that somebody like Cesar Romero is in a Toho movie. Like that just seems like it just warps my brain in a way. Well, uh, yeah. so, I mean, I also wanted to bring up that the, the other star of this movie is Joseph Cotton. Uh, oh yeah. Joseph Cotton, who like is best known for being in four movies with Orson Welles. Yeah. Like, it, spe- specifically Citizen Kane. Like yeah, that's... Citizen Kane, the magnificent Ambersons and journey into fear. And also he acts opposite of him in the third man, which is one of the best noir films ever. So... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that, that blew my mind when I was like, what the, f-? like I looked that up uh, and like to find out like, yeah, this, he isn't just like a dude who no. was in those movies. He's like, Orson Welles' personal friend yes. who was in those movies. Well, so, well, and, you know, but it's we should still say, like, you know, it's not a question of how do you end up here? Because in the twilight of your careers, I mean, it, it happens to so many, like, any American sure. that shows up in the, you know, the, the Toho movies, like, you know, you could, you get Nick Adams or Don Fry or any of these guys right. showing up, and it's like, yeah, you're in the twilight of your career. And, you know, Orson Welles does the Transformers animated movie, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Yes. at some point... Excellent. <laughs> at, at some point japanese genre work calls for us all yeah yeah i was actually i was actually gonna mention that this is like this is this is akin to the unicron casting and stuff in my head where it's like wow yeah. this, is, this is very uh 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 yeah he's also in shadow of a doubt which is one of my favorite like uh uh hitchcock films uh, excellent hitchcock mm. movie uncle charlie I, I, 
Yeah, I, I saw that movie in uh, in film class in the same in the same class that uh, gave me uh, a, a lot of my love for for the original Godzilla as well. So, uh, uh, shouts out, Mister Carpenter, for the second time on this podcast. Mm. You rule. <laughs> it all comes full circle, right? Yeah, here. yeah, Latitude yeah, zero. Latitude zero. This is it. Yeah, it's it's, it's just like. Uh, also, by the way, just gotta say, Latitude Zero has such a good logo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, great yeah. logo. It, and it's like a cool it's a name that like makes sense and is cool sounding. Like it doesn't sound yeah. like I don't know, a uh, poorly translated nonsense or like some weird American spin on like a Japanese name like a lot of the other movies have been. Latitude Zero is just like a very like oh, it, it sounds very like official but also like mysterious at the it, same time. I, I yeah. mean again Again, when when Nikki DMs me and goes, "Do you want to do you want to watch this?" Like, I, I look at the title "Latitude Zero. I'm like, "Oh, what's that?" Like, <laughs> is this, is this a this submarine thing. war movie? And then you're like, "Well, kinda," but it's also you know this other stuff. And uh, just for just to wrap up this point, uh, Joseph Cotton played Craig McKenzie, who is the captain of the Alpha and like kind of the the, the, alpha. the patriarch. <laughs> yeah, the Alpha. <laughs> and um he was kind of the patriarch that was like leading them through and, and introducing them to latitude zero the society joseph cotton has an incredible costume by the way that, <laughs> yeah. oh there's there's many incredible costumes in this movie but, but specifically that first one where cotton's wearing like an ascot with like a fully unbuttoned shirt and yeah man chains and <laughs> Like, and that gold belt that just, I, yeah, yeah, so just, just absolutely impeccable bisexual energy on the guy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, well, very the, good. the other thing is, and, and like, we watched, I know we all watched this in Japanese, the Japanese dubbed version. Um, yeah. I would have loved to have heard Cotton's voice reading some of these lines because his face, this entire movie, is so tired. And <laughs> I mean, but but then again, but then again, he's playing an ageless two hundred year, you know, a two hundred yeah. year old guy. So I mean, it sells it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I was I was definitely sitting there for a couple minutes. I was like, oh man, maybe I should have found the English link for this and stuff because maybe I don't know. Like, yeah, I, I definitely want to see this once over again with with an with the English. Uh, I, on and just to see that i want to hear caesar romero give those mad science speeches oh yeah <laughs> uh, a, a, another reason it seems cotton to, uh, agreed to do this movie by the way is that his wife the british actress patricia medina uh gets mm. to appear in this movie as caesar romero's love interest yeah <laughs> yeah and, she, and yeah that i think that um hmm, this kind of continues the unfortunate tradition of uh ladies not being treated the best in these uh in these toho movies but i guess oh, it's man. not yeah. a problem with toho it's probably just more of a problem with these type of movies in general and culture because uh there's a uh, the the first lady that we see is just in an absurdly sexy looking outfit <laughs> you know and she's like this beautiful doe-eyed blonde-haired lady yeah. that comes in she's an extremely uh, patient and maternal doctor who despite <laughs> her best efforts is still not a good enough doctor to fix anything yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gosh uh uh by the way and so just because like i mean i guess you would have you would have brought it up and everything but th did this movie go by anything else no actually there was i believe there's only one 
alternate title. So yeah, usually we do the the joke about all the alternate titles, but really it was just Latitude Zero and then the Japanese title, which is Man. just like the Latitude Zero operation or Latitude Zero Daisaksen. Ah, okay. Um, well, which is you know that's a cool <laughs> word, but but uh, unfortunately, uh, while the film was well received at the time, many contemporary critics were disappointed by its thin plot, and of course mocked ceaselessly the Japanese special effects. Sadly, the film will go fools. on to be yeah, total fools. Uh, one of the least remembered films in the entire Toho oeuvre, with barely any documentation or real cultural impact, but hopefully, I've shown with a little digging, any film can have an interesting story and place in history. If you look at the cast, or the crew, or the people behind it, there's always something worth mining, even from the most inconspicuous film except for Varan the Unbelievable that is a complete watch <laughs> they, they phoned in Varan so bad but, uh, but like uh, 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 my god uh, this this definitely goes in like I feel like we should have like a hall of greats or like a playlist of some kind that's just like you definitely have not heard of these movies and you should ne- you need to watch them and so like, like yeah. that, that are like off the beaten path like these are the great non-godzilla like toho because like this movie dogura uh i think is great and so much fun i think gorath is really worthwhile uh fucking uh frankenstein conquers the world my god that movie blew me away and so you know it's like war the gargantuas it's like kind it's it's kind it's pretty famous so maybe it doesn't really count but yeah yeah but but i'm got a reference in a scooby-doo show so (laughs) but 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 i'm telling you guys listeners like i i know you guys haven't seen this movie there's no way you have but if you like if you have not seen this movie you have like please check out latitude zero it's so cool (laughs) Uh, since we're, we're still in the history section real quick, I just right. wanted to also mention that the, uh, so Latitude Zero, the, the stories are, uh, the, 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 story, the script is written by Ted Sherdeman, uh, yeah. who, who uh, wrote, you know, some of the original radio stuff. Uh, these are based on his stories. His career is mostly known anymore for like sitcom work, like My Favorite Martian, The Flying Nun and Bewitched. Uh, nice. did, did stray scripts for that but he does have one giant monster pedigree that is actually important to all of this so he was one of the credited screenwriters for them the giant ant movie from the 50s oh my god them is so good yeah, that's, <laughs> movie. that's another one that i think we both maybe watched in uh film class yeah uh so them. like that them very very good i'm glad that high school film teachers they give you the good <laughs> shit they give you night of the hunter Oh you my know. god, the best movie ever! Yeah, <laughs> they give you Iceman, you know, yeah, things like that. Uh, Mine showed me yeah. Thing from Another World. It was great. Like, like this, yeah, this awesome stuff. This, yeah, this was, yeah, this was also the uh, the last film credit I could find from Ted Sherdeman, So this might have sunk his career. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. Well, I honestly was surprised that the um, the reporter guy really didn't have any other huge notable roles that i could find uh he was mostly just kind of like secondary roles throughout his entire career because he seemed like such a a good charismatic actor uh that i mean sure was maybe overshadowed by some of the people that were around him but i was like yeah this guy's you know he's got the chops he's got what it takes so why, why isn't he really ever appeared in anything else 
I mean, he, so. he, his biggest credited thing is like, oh, you know, he he got a supporting actor nomination in the seventies for another for an adaptation of a different book from the author of Cuckoo's Nest that was not Cuckoo's Nest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 all this like stuff that. He's like, yeah, I had a good full life. You know, he can die peacefully because he had a he had a, a good, solid career, but he didn't have like a, a star shattering career. And I guess maybe Latitude Zero is not the movie to like rest I, all of your hopes and dreams upon. So. I don't know. I would argue that something like this is enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. I appreciate him just like uh, Mark Johnson and. In Dogara, like uh, you know what? I, even if he never got to do all those other, like, want to do like a whole series of movies with that character, Dogara is enough. That's enough. That's a great movie. So, yeah, you you yeah. are now immortal. You are a friend of Dogara. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dogara is great. <laughs> that that jellyfish that eats the diamonds. Yeah, you, you know, you know that jellyfish. Uh, to make another Dogara reference, we've really gotten a lot out of Dogara, just saying. Like, like we reference him a lot. But uh, Dogara should have come to Latitude Zero. They had all these fucking diamonds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was great. You know, why don't we get into yeah. the movie itself? Yes. Uh, I kind of want to talk, like, let's first, let's just talk about, like, the plot and how do we feel about, like, the plot in general. Then kind of talk about maybe the characters then the right. monsters and then our final thoughts on everything yeah so the uh the plot of this movie is uh uh i feel like it's it's one of the uh uh the more like satisfying structures i think i've seen out of mm. one of these movies uh recently and stuff is just like um i i feel like a a, a running thing with a lot of of my favorite things is that like they're a slow build, but they really pay off in a big way. So I really don't mind being kind of bored in the first few minutes and stuff. And like the yeah. first few, the first few minutes of this movie, I wouldn't say are are are, are necessarily boring, but 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 it is slow. It's very like it, it, it's kind of uh, it's almost unassuming. Where it's like, oh, okay, so, so they're 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 down in this, you know, they're, they're down researching in this uh, 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 bathysphere and like. Uh, uh, you know, a volcano goes off. It's like you know, it, it's nothing you haven't seen before in one of these films and stuff. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, but the way that it kind of just steadily builds and introduces and uh, develops, uh, like really like takes some time to develop the world that they're in and uh, the society and the way that it just explodes <laughs> like, like as soon as the mission is made clear. Uh, it, it is. I, I just I, I really loved it. I, I really do think that the that the plot is actually uh you know like I, I read you know I read on the Wikipedia thing as well that like you know people were like oh the plot is is a is a low point back in the day and stuff but no it's I think it's one of the higher points is I, I loved the way this progressed mm. and uh it, it doesn't it doesn't build. give you everything up front no yeah not at all <laughs> yeah I agree I think that there's it's a good progression and I think like they do like reward your patience in dividends by the end uh by giving you a, a rollicking good time but i do think that like the actual like the the i guess the screenplay is well planned but like the literal events that are happening are not exactly super interesting or there's not like th there's not much beyond oh we're 
we gotta get you're stuck in this utopia and we gotta we gotta find a way to get out of the utopia and stop dr malik and then go back home uh it's a little bit thin of a plot in my opinion compared to even ones that are looked down upon like son of godzilla and uh ebira horror of the deep which i which we weirdly enough like the freak monsters we are thought were really good plots that were well paced (laughs) and you know paid off and and well constructed but that being said i really actually enjoyed that because it it does feel like in a way the more classical ishiro honda movies that we've kind of been moving away from throughout the 60s you know in the 50s and the early 60s this was kind of like the movie you know that we usually get and usually see and we've kind of just been getting these more consistently good godzilla movies as he's kind of taken the spotlight uh but yeah that's i'm kind of back and forth on the on the whole yeah like Uh, the plot plot isn't necessarily bad right i understand it being thin like i understand the complaints about it being thin uh i do think that the uh 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 the submarine battle uh in the first uh in the first act of the movie is really uh, engaging and stuff like, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Oh no, I, I just had a fun time trying to see them like kind of, uh, uh outmaneuver each other. And so it, it was kind of, uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, and it, and it, and I was actually kind of surprised to see the black shark, uh, kind of persist in the movie. Cause it, uh, this is kind of a weird thought, but, uh, uh, whenever I was watching the movie and stuff, whenever black shark, uh, entered and stuff it kind of just felt like this random other you know like like they, they felt like weird pirates or whatever it's kind of like i don't know why i've been thinking about this movie lately but the the speed racer movie where you just have these ra- random like racers where, where, where they have like the like this one gimmick and they have like their thing and then they they like <laughs> they get they get owned and then they and then they leave the movie promptly and stuff yeah. and, and so, so that's kind of what i thought was going on and then and then they revealed that there was another layer behind them and something that like that they were uh, characters that kept going. So that was one way, I guess, it surprised me at the beginning. Well, but uh, well, uh, yeah, because with Black Shark especially, they they throw it at you like you're just getting used to uh, Joseph Cotton's uh, submarine, the Alpha, which we right. learn, mm-hmm. which we learn is from the 1800s. Yeah, <laughs> like early 1800s, like post Revolutionary War submarine. <laughs> it's, it's from the Hebrides in Scotland, and. Uh, and, and you know, and while we're still trying to get the the impossibility of that, you know, they they jump to like Caesar Romero's pleasure ship, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then like instantly hop to the crew of um, the black the uh, the black uh, shark. So shark. it's yeah, yeah. It's just you get three ships within like the span of five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah, it really is like this wild feeling of just like, oh wow, this is crazy, and it's like, wait, there's more. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know, it's 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 wild. In any other um, movie, I'd be like, oh, Ag's playing with his toys, he's bringing out yeah. the toys because he he loves, you know, Ag Zubaria loves to make new cool vehicles for like model yeah. kits. Particularly, we love him for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but yeah. this one, I'm assuming that all of this stuff was present, or at least in some form. Uh, in the original radio play so like 
he's just playing with the sandbox that he's given rather than oh my god toys. so that's pretty cool uh and and yeah you're right i love how like the turn-based combat of the uh the submarines <laughs> you know it's very like board gamey very like strategical with the way that everything's yeah. happening I, I i like that it made me realize hmm, maybe i should watch more submarine movie oh, <laughs> this is kind of i'm kind of dig or maybe i should actually watch like legend of the galactic heroes I, finally i was oh, just boy. i was just going to say it reminded me so much of watching my conquest of the sea of stars and this and like because that movie is like basically one in like large battle like this where where, where mm -hmm. it's you know people kind of trying to figure each other out uh on the battlefield and everything it's it's, it's great you heard it here first folks latitude zero is exactly as good as my conquest <laughs> of the sea of stars yeah oh man and, it, and, it, and it ends the same way too <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh gosh it, yeah yeah giant griffin comes in and <laughs> <laughs> you know that that first half is played very straight for the most part and yeah I, I i wanted to comment before we get into the back half i i still do think the inciting incident which is a volcanic eruption is a pretty impressive looking effect and i'm really oh, yeah. curious oh, yeah. as to how they pulled that off yeah dude there, there's a lot of wild stuff like this is uh, an overriding thought i've had for the past several movies and i think uh really I think almost comes to a head in this movie is uh, they have gotten really good at making these movies. Like uh, the last several movies, there are just some effects that are just like still awe-inspiring to this day. And mm -hmm. you're, you're, we're also dealing with with Ag Superaya in his prime, like fresh off of Ultraman and Ultra Seven, and like and like he's he's at he's in his twilight years, uh, unfortunately. Yeah, this, this is, is apparently like, the last movie, the last like sci-fi movie, anyway, that he had any hand in. So. Yeah, yeah, he he passed away in 1970, and this is 69, so it's it's right, nice. it's right, it's right at the end here. God, <laughs> it, it's it's right at the end here, and uh, 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 he really gives it his all. And uh, I was gonna mention too the uh, the submarines. It felt like just such a perfect thing for him to be working on because uh, hmm. he uh, uh, he particularly like loves his submarines uh uh atragon is like a huge like subaraya nerd film and uh uh also his last tv show he did before passing away was mighty jack uh yeah. which he did after ultra seven which is about a giant submarine that turns into a jet like like, like it's like his favorite concept is like <laughs> really cool submarines so uh, uh <laughs> so seeing seeing him play around with like multiple submarines at the same time and uh all this other stuff and uh and yeah like just some of the land effects like the, the there's a the volcano effect in this film reminds me a lot of like in frankenstein conquers the world there's like an earth splitting effect that's like wild looking and uh uh gorath has like this absolutely apocalyptic scene where like things are just getting just blown away and it's like actually scary so uh, yeah, mm. I don't know. They've gotten in. They've gotten ridiculously good at making these movies and stuff. Like this is yeah, for sure. This is wild. I agree that like I wish I knew how they did the magic trick of making that volcanic eruption look so good. Because, yeah. Because um, you know, a lot of the other films, even like more obscure ones, do have pretty good documentation as to like how certain effects are done. Like right. there was a lot of documentation to how all the effects in Dogra were done. Uh, and like Matango, 
them using like rice patties to make the mushrooms. Uh, That's so especially, good. And they did look very delicious. So uh, maybe <laughs> I maybe I would have eaten the mushrooms and gone insane too. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's the first half or the first like act of the movie. Then like the most of the second act is a lot of like begins. gearing up. Yeah, it's it's our we're gearing up for this like end game kind of final fight. It's we very have, like the yeah. It's very it's very informative. Uh, very very yeah. much like kind of world building stuff. Uh, lots of like incredible like painted sets like uh, uh, the. Uh, uh, the background shots in, in the in the actual uh, you know un- underwater civilization itself are like really impressive. The, the the funniest thing to me though about the Utopia, and I understand why. I know there are budgetary and time limitations here. <laughs> yeah. But but he wants to show them his Utopia, and the first thing he does is take them to a giant model of the Utopia. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> to a point, you're like, oh yeah, over there would be all this stuff that we, we just don't have the time to show you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really cool if you saw this area. Uh, I I love. I don't know. I like that the the like reporter guy the american guy is questioning everything but it's never like criticized i was always thinking like oh what's the catch what's the fucking like what is the the soiling green thing you know what is going to happen where it's like secretly bad behind the scenes but no it's just continuously told to them like oh yeah no everything we're, we've done works beautifully <laughs> we're like yeah. we live forever and we wear gold that we mine from ocean particles uh-huh. and, and, we you, just and you wear it diamonds. and jump on trampolines it's fine yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah there's definitely a scene where like unfortunately I just totally missed what anybody was saying because I couldn't stop looking at the person on the trampoline like distractingly like jumping behind them i was like is that is that someone on a trampoline and then it cut away and i was like damn it i've not been paying attention well and that was their example of like what a paradise they live in it's like yes we have a sun underground below the ocean that gives us vitamin d and we all we all live lives of luxury scientists and beautiful women jumping on trampolines Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast, we ask the tough questions. Killing a Rayman, whatever that may be, is that really so bad? Like, no, is he even mean, alive? Like, do we know? <laughs> he I, I, he, he have any like desires, it. Cal? Does he have any dreams? We're ranking the top games of all time, and it's not a task we take lightly. There are three Battletoads, Drash, Zitz, and Pimple. Uh, they're all skin problems, good. Two of them are the same skin problem. This has always bothered me. Zitz, Rash, and Eczema. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, <laughs> even that makes more sense. Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week. Subscribe at greenlitpodcast.com. 
I love a podcast with comic book reviews and interviews with some of the greatest creators in the industry, but only one will tell you scientifically what the worst comic book of all time is. And the best. We've been ranking comic book stories for six years. We have a list with over a thousand comics on it, and we're adding more every month. More Rocket Ajax on the Greenlit Podcast Network. It's very weird that you have, like, the, uh, maybe Star Trek or something kind of influenced this, but usually, you know, these movies kind of have a critical bent towards the, like, advanced civilization, uh, like with uh, the Mysterians, where you have this very sterilized advanced civilization. Uh, we're not going to get into our whole xenophobia bent on that movie for the fifth time, uh, but <laughs> whatever. It, it, like... In in the Moo people from Atragon as well, yeah. Uh, like usually they there's some kind of like nefarious thing going on, but no, the nefarious thing is the people that are not in this uh, society, but like want f- parts from it. Uh, to to do know, with the with to Doctor ex- Malik to do expressly uh, bad things. Uh, uh, which are honestly like uh, uh, some of the stuff Doctor Malik does, we'll get to it. But some of the, some of that stuff is like shocking. I was like, "Whoa, this, <laughs> this movie's going like, yeah." Uh, but uh, yeah, so, it's, it's, it really is strange that they that like uh, or or it feels strange that like that they really aren't just like, oh yeah, no, they're secretly you know uh, uh, there's something horrible, yeah, about this, yeah. Oh. I, I mean, there's a few things. Like they, they are disappearing, like top scientists to come live down there and pretending That's they're true. dead. However, they are giving away their discoveries by slipping in the notes into other people's notebooks yeah. to make them think they had the idea on the surface. I love the thought of Albert Einstein not coming up with with anything by himself. He just opens his notebook. He's like, "Oh, when did when did I write this down? This is awesome." So, I, like, I guess I did it. <laughs> Yeah, all right. Uh, 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 oh yeah, uh, E equals MC squared. Uh, I, I, I thought of it. Whatever the <laughs> fuck, en- mass energy conversion, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> well, and and uh, I, I do want to I do want to shout out too that among the scientists we get a the, the briefest cameo from Akihiko Harada. You know, better oh, yeah. known right. Doctor yeah. Sarazawa from Godzilla, and like presumably, I guess that's his new life. You know, he's just a doctor down there, and he. <laughs> Yeah, shows up he's like all right see y'all later <laughs> yeah well, you know what maybe that is maybe that's canon maybe he went in right when he was about to die from the oxygen destroyer at the bottom of the ocean with godzilla some of the people from latitude zero saved him he was taken uh, aboard the alpha and <laughs> <laughs> it was they're like oh don't worry we got you <laughs> yeah just take it just take a dip in our green jacuzzi and your eye will come back <laughs> oh nice yeah, oh, I love man. the green jacuzzi. I love all the different. I like that there's like purple water later. You know, there's a lot of different. I love those very cheap 
food coloring special effects like that. Yeah. Uh, you, you can live forever by dipping into Latitude Zero's equivalent of a Lazarus pit. But once again, with no <laughs> negative side effects. Yeah, yeah, it's totally <laughs> chill. Like, it's, it's what, you know, it's 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 cool. And so, uh, uh, this is actually, uh, now that I think of it, like, there was there was some cool red water in, uh, in Son of Godzilla, too. Like, they, they just... Yeah. They, they, they really bought a whole bunch of food coloring in these oh, movies. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I guess we, we haven't brought up what the, the, the conflict in the movie is supposed to be because the movie kind of forgets it in the third act anyway. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's supposed to be Joseph Cotton in his submarine and Cesar Romero in his submarine are competing for a scientist who is making a serum that makes you immune to, irradi- to radiation. And it, we're, we are told specifically... That this would be a bad thing because if one nation gets it, they will nuclear bomb everyone else and make their own <laughs> yeah. people, you know, immune to radiation, and they will rule the world alone. Yeah, I mean, you know, the United States might do that and stuff. So, that's, so, yeah, that's true. True, it's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, so 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 maybe they maybe they're not too far off. You know, no, like they, they 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 may have a point, but. Yeah, uh, Caesar Romero in full Joker mode wants it for reasons to, I guess, to continue his life of luxury under yeah. the sea. Yeah, oh my and, gosh! And, ha- and I like that he has like you know he has two female goons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has like one that's like a, a super goon. Unfortunately, is the Japanese lady that is the the more subservient one. Yeah, and then you have his like right hand lady, uh, his, his second hand goon named lucretia i remember that because it's a it's a unique name and also the name of a character from pompey seven dirge of cerberus so <laughs> that's usually my mnemonic device too who's in charge of cerberus hmm. is it a, a character from an rpg hmm. let's see uh, i guess that's not an rpg but whatever uh anyway RPG jason yeah it's 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 adjacent uh, i want to give a shout out to kobo uh, who has one line in the entire movie, <laughs> and that's it. The entire, <laughs> that's the only thing he ever says throughout the entire movie, every single time, is yes, Commander. So, yeah. And he offers to throw himself heroically into a sulfur pit that nobody had to jump into. Yeah, no, <laughs> that, that, that scene was wild. We're, God, we got to get into that. I'm so excited for the third act. This yeah. is, it's, it's completely yeah, nuts. In. Let's but, uh, go for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go for it. But, but I just want to say, like, man, like, they really just cast Cesar Romero in this movie and then and then had it, then just gave him two girlfriends. And so yeah. he's, and, <laughs> How do you get two girlfriends? Also, Cesar Romero proudly displaying the mustache he refused to shave to play the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> hey, power. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the third, the basically the second that I knew that the movie was going to go ape shit, was when like a bunch, like they they capture the scientist and his daughter, uh, and then bunch of Batmen show up, like Common Rider, <laughs> Batman, <laughs> two years before Common Rider, <laughs> yeah, and, and show up and capture, and I and I literally screamed at my TV screen because I was just so happy to see these goofy looking. Batman with the Rodan screeches. No, like, yeah, grab these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was, I was gonna say this is this might like this was almost like an inaugural like what fourth entry in in our little mini collection of movies in discuss all monsters 
uh, uh, called Were Monster, and so because, <laughs> because there's some there's some movies that really like stretch the definition oh, yeah. of being monster movies, but but this one actually delivered. And as soon as the bat guys showed up, I was like, oh oh, it's about to get started. And so I'm like these these guys are great. <laughs> I, I yeah. love their their the way they look. Their their eyes poking through. It's the best. I love it. I, I love any shot where uh, it's, you know, Cesar Romero and Lucretia just standing there and there is just a glowering Batman standing behind them. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, goofy so looking stupid bat thing. Like, it, oh, it's so good. And they look, you know, the, I don't know. There There is just something so charming and cool to those outfits, uh, even as silly as they are. And I like the attention to detail that like, to not break continuity because at the end we're going to be dealing with a griffin uh when they when they show the lion it's just haro nakajima in like the (laughs) cowardly lion from a wizard of oz suit you know like it's not like a they didn't get a lion and or show stock footage of a real lion they just have a guy standing on all fours and a large and a a large puppet eagle in a cage next to the lion (laughs) oh my god and 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 the rats guys the Uh, rats (laughs) yeah no okay before it descends into complete madness there's like a whole like james bond scene yes they're like gearing up everybody and then like giving them all their stupid outfits (laughs) their stupid golden outfits i love how the second that they like get out of the 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 green goop and then like put on their clothes a dude shoots him with a fucking gun <laughs> to be like, <laughs> like instantly just shoots and, and i was like have, whoa whoa and they can't they can't prove it just by having one of them get shot they have to shoot each of them individually to get their takes on it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 no they gotta they gotta test on all of them and it's and, and the guy is so like stone-faced and he's and he's just staring them in the eyes and just like shooting them like with with nothing in his eye no mercy nothing if they die it's not his problem he is a guy we have never seen before or after yeah. <laughs> he just shows he's up just... with his gun after they get out of the tub it's like all right <laughs> he is the equivalent of the towel guy but he's the gun guy <laughs> there's like a key grip on the set and they're like buddy you're up like this is the time (laughs) this is your time to shine what i would give to be the gun guy in this movie yeah oh my god so they're given these outfits where they're in like these golden tight suits with hoods and they're given like power gloves and every finger of the power glove has a specific power to it and they're also given (laughs) jetpacks and then it's like this movie just went from like speculative fiction and philosophy to just nonsense in like yeah. a split second yeah it just yeah. went it just dived right in to like 60s b-movie camp yeah uh, and i love every second well, of it from this point on yeah it, 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 it turns into proto super sentai it's like it's like proto nes games like this is like like it, like it's like a weird like 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 video game movie before video game movies thing where it's like yeah. just turns into this like completely wild thing. Yeah, they they have such up, upgrade overkill in that like sec next because because their bodies are made invincible by the by the green water that you have to dip into every twenty four hours. Yeah. But then they're also given a utopian gold costume that is also invincible, so they are double <laughs> invincible. 
it, it's <laughs> on it's, top of it's all those superpower gloves, like yeah. flamethrower, laser, like and knockout gas. Yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, and then yeah, we have we're cutting in between this and scenes of uh, the doctor being like, "Well, see, you're gonna want to give me your." Your, uh, <laughs> you're going to want to give me your scientific studies after I do this, and then starts to like torture his own his goon. Can, uh, can, can the... I please? I, I screen cap this. Can I please read Cesar Romero's yes. monologue? Sure. Uh, which is which is okay. So the setup is <laughs> that Cesar Romero has captured his own goon and strapped her to a table, and he he also has a lion on a surgical table that he is removing <laughs> yeah, the brain. Yeah, of course. From. And he, he, he looks to the, he looks like up and he is so gleeful. Like Romero is giving this his Batman 66 all. He says, your doctors are so elated that they have finally been able to transplant organs from one human to another. But that's child's play. I'm now going to transplant a human brain into the head of this lion. <laughs> so good. I love... Everything about that, and I love how weirdly dark it is. Because I was like, "Whoa!" Like this is. I was like, "This just got really crazy." Like, like I was like, "I'm when, not." Then he like is like bone sawing the fucking wings off of the condor. I was like, and, "Oh god!" And you and you can hear the bone saw, and it's like, yeah. it's, it's so, <laughs> But but also Romero Romero is dissecting his own henchwoman for no reason. And yeah. and the doctor that he has kidnapped is pleading for the henchman's life. He's like, no, yeah. stop killing I, your person. Don't do no, this. I, I love it because he's like, all right, fine, I'll do it. And then he's like, no, nope, it's too late. I've already started. So just oh got to finish God. this up. It, it, it's like, oh, my God. It, it, uh, yeah, it, it's just unbelievable. It, it, it is like. It's like tense, like a Coen Brothers scene. It, it like it made me. I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> uh, and then, of course, we get to the the yeah the big sulfur like purple water evil purple water pool with the rat men that are chasing them oh, down. And giant then, rats and, just crawling around. And Togo immediately is like, "All right, guys, I got this." Steps into the water, almost dies. Like, instantly uh, then... melts his foot for no reason. And they didn't even have to cross that pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like, they had jetpacks. Like, I don't get what any of that was. <laughs> yeah, and all the rats jump into it. Uh, I like, one of, I one of the rats I... gets lit on fire, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess the thing with the pool scene was that, like, like they were already fucking invincible. I guess they had to give something to the movie. It's like it's like someone's got to be in some kind of danger. Like we can't just completely mm. evaporate all of the tension here and stuff. Whereas you have plenty of it in the torture scene that's also happening. So it's like, really, none of this was needed. Like the 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 the, yeah. the, uh, the pool scene. But like, oh my god. Like uh, and, and I will give it to him though. Like the special effects team like added again that. That water looked like it really fucking hurt. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. When, when that when that melted boot comes out of the water and they're like, we have to cut this off with a knife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that then we we're getting to the final fight. Uh, oh, before that, actually, I wanted to mention that one thing that I love about that pool scene or the 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 sulfur pool scene is that I love any excuse in any of these movies 
to like buy Halloween store skeletons and just throw yes. them into like a location, like bleached skeletons just hanging out in a location to show, yeah, this place is deadly. Watch out. Uh, <laughs> that's always good. <laughs> the, also, rat, the rat suits, I guess maybe we should talk about a little bit. Like, uh, once again, Haruo Nakajima just crawling around in a rat costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could not look more like like it could not possibly look more like a guy in a rat suit oh yeah <laughs> crawling around you know like i would say this is one of the few times because i've gotten i've gotten to the point where like like godzilla and minya in the previous movie like i was like yeah these are just creatures that are commiserating and like kumonga is like this amazing feat of puppetry uh and then this is like uh maybe maybe they didn't have too too much budget left especially considering like they apparently had ran out of budget and then went to toho because the suits are you know they're very good and on one hand but they're like really shoddy comparatively on another hand like they look very made of felt you know they look very yeah. muppety in a lot of ways oh, uh, it, it is like the monster suits in this movie are more than any other movie we might have ever talked about on the show are just the most like it's a living instead of like that type of thing where it's like yeah it's 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 less this like not that they're terrible and they're you know I, I love them they're they're really like I think the line is like really cute and stuff you yeah. know like uh, but it's a uh, but but it's it's just like this I don't know they're they're just it's it's very funny in in its own like unique way where it's like well, ah, yeah. It's from the writing on down. I mean, like they don't even yeah. have like cool kaiju names. They're literally just Griffin, Rat, Bat. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, we get to the final fight where they're in like this this small room fighting with all the Batmen, and there's like there's like five good guys, all with all decked out with laser gloves, all just like absolutely tearing to shreds everything that dr malik had been doing uh and it, it, i was just like man this is this has gone from like speculative fiction to like schlocky b-movie to like suddenly yeah it's like a sentai like it's like a it's like 10 years before super sentai but there's like a team fight scene against little monster goon guys you know, yeah it's <laughs> it, it is it is a movie where you can feel money and production teams changing hands over the course of time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Uh that being said, the the final set piece I thought was extremely good because it felt like a nice bow uh where they they like bookended it with one tense submarine confrontation and then had another one uh at the end and then they had the classic monster turning against the creator with the griffin uh being like well i'm this lady whose brain is in a lion i hate you so i'm going to go kill you yeah Why did you uh, think this would work? i i i think that was like i was i was loving the chaos of it and stuff but right at the moment where where Kroiga, uh flies off and then like perches up on there and then like she's not doing anything she's not listening to him and he's and, mm-hmm. and Cesar Romero says a line that's just like you know, like like she, she was a uh, you know she, she was stupid as a human and she's stupid as a griffin and stuff or something like that. <laughs> and uh, 
at that point i was like oh i'm gonna love this movie because i see exactly what they're doing with her and i and i like and i knew it i was like oh man she's gonna turn it's gonna be fucking so satisfying and it was great it's yeah. the least thought through plan a villain has ever had. Yeah, it's so good. He just makes this like incredible, like like just just monstrosity, and and I, then I, doesn't even consider that she hates him. Yeah, he feeds it like a like sticks it with some serum that makes it so it grows to kaiju size. Yes, because uh, yeah. it's just a regular lion at that point. It's like yeah, it might grow like i don't know like three times the size that it was you know <laughs> something like that uh I, and then yeah it ends up biting him in the ass like as a lion does i do uh, want to compliment a cool effect scene uh which is uh when the lion when the griffin is first leaving the cave to take flight and like mm-hmm. you're, you're you're the camera is like positioned behind it and you're mm-hmm. like you're seeing like caesar romero like excited and like it's as it's taking steps toward the like the, to exiting the cave. I just thought it was such a cool perspective to put into that. Yeah, uh, yeah, completely. Uh, God, I loved this thing. Like, like I just can't, I just can't stop things. Like this really took me by surprise. I, ah, uh, so great. But, but yeah, no, like, uh, uh like you, you get, <laughs> like. I, I just to say, like the super mode upgrade stuff doesn't stop at the suits though, because like, uh. Malik is like hitting him with everything he's got on the submarine and stuff, and they are just shaking it off. Like, like they they do the one thing where like they they fry all the electronics in the submarine and the alpha, and uh, and then like <laughs> Joseph Cotton is able to just override it and just pull the lever anyway, and then like they just shake it off and and uh, and as electricity like, runs up his hand, the yeah, 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 electricity doesn't doesn't phase him and stuff and. Uh, and then, and then he says, it's like, oh, this baby's going to fly. And then they start gearing up to fly out of there. And uh, and then, yeah, the most satisfying thing in the, ha- uh, in the movie happens. Well, also because Cesar Romero, while he is Ahabbing after Joseph Cotton, right. has, forgotten, has forgotten his own magnet ma- island that he just started. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he really, he really just screws himself. It's like the biggest self-own... In in in, uh, in Toho monster movie history, possibly, and so like yeah. he just he just keeps he just keeps giving it to himself. A real wily yeah. coyote, fucking you know, oh, kind yeah. of like doom, a, dooming himself wily, by his own invention. And it's a wily coyote performance too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like stopping just short of 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 holding up a help sign before he like <laughs> explodes. <laughs> yeah. So how do we feel about? the ending the 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 conclusion to everything in the the mysterious ending of the movie yeah so uh usually these movies end super abrupt like Mm -hmm. the conflict ends and then right after someone's like you know well you know here's the moral of the story real fast and then and then the end you know that's it they just leave you with that little sting there and stuff and and none of them's really come close to 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 the original godzilla and being able to kind of pull that off and stuff but but i still love it when they do it um Mm. but this movie really threw me for a loop because i was like wait there's still like like six minutes left and and it like it really shocked me that it went (laughs) to this like weird twilight zone direction where they yeah. kind of uh 
misdirect you and, and kind of give you like this last like weird twist vague ending thing where uh uh they go back to the to the big old utopia and uh uh the the two other the two scientists decide to stay and the reporter is like well i gotta get back i gotta i got a killer story here and i just stole right in front of your face just a whole bag of diamonds <laughs> so i'm about to go up, back up and get real rich and and get even more rich off of the story i'm about to sell you i don't like he doesn't even have to be a reporter anymore like he has all those diamonds yeah. but you know whatever uh <laughs> he could just keep it to himself but uh, uh uh so he goes back up uh gets on the ship and then joseph cotton and, and caesar Romero show up again but as different characters with very similar names and yeah. i guess presumably like great grandsons of theirs since they're yeah. both 200 right oh wow i didn't really think of that actually i just thought it was like some weird dream logic thing but no you're right i, that, I only like, thought about that because the the joseph cotton the u.s navy joseph cotton says i'm from a long line of mckinsey's but none of them were ever rich yeah. hmm. well, little did you know <laughs> but, but uh, uh <laughs> but yeah uh I, I i was like in awe i was like that you you are kidding me that this movie like after all that we had just seen the fact that this movie was trying to pull this too i was like this movie does yeah. not stop giving and so like, it is it is <laughs> generous well at, at first i had assumed that like cotton's appearance was like oh he's gonna you know he's just here to make sure you didn't get any evidence to take away right yeah but but no then it's it, it actually is not him, but then Rome, then Cesar Romero is there too, so yeah, it has to be grandkids or dream logic. I, I don't know either way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm I think I'm sold on the grandkids angle though, just because that just makes a lot of sense. Um, mm. but but then yeah, like like it, it's this whole thing where they're where they're trying to keep it secret, but they still gave him all the diamonds. They just sent it to his bank. They, uh, they, but they they took the diamonds out of his little pouch and yeah. turned them into dirt yeah. but then yeah. sent the diamonds to his bank I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I I actually thought that was tobacco and I, it, it, it might be tobacco they might have just given him his tobacco back that could be it it was very disgusting <laughs> oh yeah uh, hey hey tobacco tobacco ain't it ain't nice so I'll tell you yeah. that much but, uh, uh, as uh, the slogan goes tobacco is wacko if you're a team yeah it sure <laughs> is but uh uh yeah, the, like the, the, uh, this movie, it's got guts, man. It's got real, yeah, real, real moxie to it. I loved like so much of what this movie was going for, and I think it pulled it off in most respects for sure. Yeah, definitely upper echelon uh, Toho movies that we have watched so far. I was, I was really kind of floored by how consistently entertaining and how consistently like pulling out the rug from under me. Uh, it was, and it just like every time it did something, I don't know. It was just so stupid that it was cool, and then it kept on looping that feedback loop to infinity. And then like they still had the balls to end it with like, hmm, uh, but maybe it's uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz kind of ending. Where yeah, it's like, was it all a dream? And then. Well, I, I, the one thing I'll say about the ending, though, I, I feel a little cheated because if we had gotten a Latitude Zero Two, knowing knowing that the end of this movie is that this U.S. Navy vessel, because the diamonds are real, has decided to go to Latitude Zero, we could have had a parent trap situation 
where Cesar Romero <laughs> and Joseph Cotton acted opposite themselves. Yeah, and that oh. would have been incredible. Man, <laughs> that would have. <laughs> yeah, Latitude One. Uh, when are yeah. we going gonna... <laughs> gonna to get the sequel to Latitude Zero? Uh, get on that Toho. Uh, I'm yeah. definitely not legendary. You know that um, this is a, a stretch back to one of our earlier episodes, but speaking of weird Toho movies that almost got American versions, Steven Soderbergh almost made Matango, almost made an American Matango. Wow. Uh, and Yeah. <laughs> and that's very weird. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I kind of want to see that, that like that, that, that probably would have been pretty cool. <laughs> so like, yeah, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I, given the current track record of the legendary Godzilla movies, yeah, yeah, I think it would have been more interesting to see that kind of stuff from other directors. Yeah, I, sure. I, I am just imagining like Steven Soderbergh hot off of winning Oscars for like Aaron Brockovich and Traffic, going, "I want to make Matongo." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Oh God. Matongo is so good. Oh, wow. Uh, th- so many good movies. Like, uh, 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 you know, like we set out in this podcast to make a, a largely positive, you know, uh, 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 episodes about these movies and stuff, just because we want to celebrate more than we want to, you know, mm-hmm. put down or, Poke you know, be, or yeah. be dismissive or whatever. But man, so- sometimes like, like, like recently, I feel like these, these movies, like it's, it's, it's like undeniable to me just how, how cool and fun these, like, if you're, if you're the type of person that just is inclined to watch these old monster movies, you, you gotta, you gotta check this one out. This one's wild. Yeah, for sure. Get friends together. It is probably going oh, yeah. to be a, a wildly good movie, you know, drunk or not too. Just yeah. Like, yeah. Get some hey. people together and have a good time. Yeah. yeah I mean, but... they... This is a stacked cast. It is the Toho A team, and it is just charmingly handmade sci-fi. Like, what what could be better than that? Just yeah, stick with it's... it, even even if the tactical, uh, utopian, slow stuff at the first forty five minutes doesn't necessarily grab you. Like, it's going to pick up, and you're going yeah. to you're, you will not regret any of the time you have spent getting there. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're gonna be hollering, <laughs> hooting and hollering over this one. Uh, but yeah, I feel like that that about wraps it up, huh? Yeah, that about wraps it up. Casey, do you want to uh, plug what you got going on and kind of tell people who are listening to this where they can find you if they uh, don't know already? You can find me on Twitter at Manovsky Article. Uh, otherwise, I have nothing else to plug right now. So I'll just say, listen to more episodes of Discuss All Monsters. If you happen to Aww, thank you. just <laughs> if you happen to be tuning in just because you like I I, I posted about it or whatever, just yeah, listen to more. I have listened to more before I did this. And it's a good show. Thank yeah. you. Thank uh, you. I, I, and this has been, yeah, I've had a lot of fun with this episode. I think this is going to be a, a good episode for people to listen to. So I hope if you got, if you need to watch one episode, definitely recommend the Ghidor, the three-headed monster one. Uh, I think that that's an excellent episode that we did just because we loved the movie so much that we got a lot of like really good discussion out of the movie. Yeah, man. But uh, Nikki, why don't, you tell us where we can find you. Yeah, so I'm on I'm on Twitter at anti underscore laser. Uh, you know, I'm I'm usually posting about stuff. Uh, uh, mostly pleading to God, w- asking when <laughs> Chainsaw Man Part Two is coming out. Uh, but uh, other not than that, <laughs> not soon <laughs> enough. That is correct. But uh, uh, other than that, you know, we got the got the Explode When Defeated Patreon. 
uh, you, uh, that's uh, at patreon.com slash explode when defeated. And uh, you can find all kinds of wild stuff on there for a dollar. You get episodes of this show without any ads uh, one day early. And then you also get uh, uh, access to our off topic kind of just, you know, laid back show on, on just whatever type of video games or TV we're watching and stuff called shit shooters. <laughs> Cause we shoot the shit on it. And, uh, uh, we, uh, uh, we also have on, on the $5 tier, we have, uh, we will give you access to exclusive mini series that we have, uh, including one that, uh, by the time of this episode might be wrapping up our mini series on the original 1971 common Rider series. Let's go Rider cast. Uh, and you can only get that through the Patreon at the $5 tier. And uh, after that, I think, oh no, we're going to find some other thing to do a miniseries on. But we, we have lots of ideas. Uh, oh, yeah. maybe, Planet Planet of the Apes. Of, maybe Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah. Planet <laughs> so, of the Apes, that's a big one. Yeah. Robo, we, the Robocop and General Verhoeven movies. Yeah, we love are, that Verhoeven. That we want to do. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of yeah. American Tokusatsu to cover. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, and also uh, I'm in a couple bands, uh, so uh, you can find releases. Uh, I, I'm in uh, the bands uh, Pedalfold and uh, Burned In, and both of those are on popspirit.bandcamp.com. That's the net label that my music uh, kind of falls under. I, I I'm on that label with some friends, and uh, that should be just about everything for me. <laughs> so it's kind of stacked up there. But uh, Wyatt, where can people find you? Well, you can find me at twitter.com slash wazpranger, W-A-Z-P, ranger. I don't, I, I've been posting a lot more recently, or I guess recently at the time of this recording, and hopefully until the time of this release, uh, because I always feel like, I always kind of feel bad about not engaging with social media that much. Uh, now I know, I know it can be a double-edged sword, uh, in a lot of ways, but I'm not nearly popular enough to actually suffer the consequences yet, so right now I'm just having a good time. Uh, you can find me on YouTube as well at It's Only Magic. I do videos on cartoons for the most part, but I also do uh, videos on the occasional anime series that I feel I want to talk about, or, or maybe even some web series that I want to talk about. Basically just things that are really important to me that come from like eclectic creators uh, that kind of shaped who I was, I also do a side series called It's a Review Series, Charlie Brown, where I go through one by one every single episode of The Peanuts, or, or every uh, special of The Peanuts, rather, and do reviews of them. Uh, that is quite the task, because there's 45 specials <laughs> and four movies for it, on top of all the different TV series that have sprouted up over the years, which I won't talk about. Uh, just the TV specials and just the movies for the time being. Oh yeah, uh, but, but just yeah, all like, forty of those. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you if you like the archival book club nature of this series, then go check that one out. Uh, they're way shorter; they're like six minutes long on average. Because you know, it's just me talking to myself about the thing I just watched. But yeah, they're they're a good time. Uh, other than that, I don't got much going on else so thank you casey so much for joining us on this episode of discuss all monsters oh it was my pleasure thank you for giving me a platform to discuss monsters it's one of my favorite things to talk about yeah yeah anytime and uh we've discussed the hell out of these monsters in this episode and next time 
we're going to namesakely finally cover the legendary Destroy All Monsters. See you there.